Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go to reallifepharmacology.com, get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, great no-brainer. Um, all it'll cost you is an email. So uh, go take advantage of that. Uh, I lay out my most important points uh, with the top 200 drugs. So um, go do that, reallifepharmacology.com. With that, the drug of the day today is Risperidone. Brand name is Risperdal. And this is a second-generation antipsychotic. And mechanistically, the main mechanism of pretty much all antipsychotics are uh, dopamine receptor blockade, and more specifically, dopamine 2. You'll often refer it, um, hear it referred to as D2 receptor blockade. Uh, with that said, uh, mechanistically, risperidone does have uh, some other mechanisms that can lead to uh, the adverse effect profile and things of that nature. So it does have some alpha blockade, uh, so that can lead to uh, hypotension potentially. Histamine blockade it has as well, so it can have some anticholinergic activity. And then there is some serotonin from 5-HT2 receptor antagonism as well. All right, so what do we use antipsychotics for? I think that's pretty straightforward. Uh, we're primarily going to see this medication used in schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Again, trying to treat some of those uh, positive symptoms of uh, psychosis and schizophrenia, like hallucinations, for example. So that's primarily what it's going to be used for. Uh, in my practice, uh, generally leaning towards more geriatrics, you will see this medication used occasionally for uh, delusions and hallucinations, uh, aggressive type behaviors associated with dementia. Uh, however, it does carry the boxed warning for increasing the risk of mortality. So uh, my mantra always to nurses and staff that work with dementia patients are do whatever you can to try to not use medications if possible. Uh, because certainly we bring in uh, new risks to that patient's to that patient if we have to use medications. Uh, other maybe rare situations where I have seen this medication used: uh, Huntington's disorder, Tourette's, uh, maybe like refractory OCD or depression. Uh, but again, not terribly often uh, in those circumstances. But I did want to point that out. Now, dosage forms are a little bit interesting. So we don't have really an acute injectable formulation of risperidone. So compared to other agents such as, you know, haloperidol, for example, uh, for acute agitation, acute aggression, that type of thing, um, an injectable formulation does not exist with risperidone. So you don't use it see it used too often for that. Uh, the exception might be as if um, patients uh, will cooperate enough and, and take oral medication. So there's a orally disintegrating tablet and there's an oral solution as well. Uh, but there again, that, that gets a little bit dicey with, you know, what the patient is willing to accept and that type of thing. And you know, in my mind, I definitely think like if they're willing to accept an oral medication, 
you know, are are they truly that agitated and that type of thing as well, you know, to need the medication or can we calm them down with non-drug intervention? So um, important things to think about there um, when using uh, risperidone PRN is that we don't have that uh, acute uh, uh, immediate acting injection dosage form compared to some of the other antipsychotics. There is an injectable dosage form of risperidone and those are long acting. So there's a consta formulation, which is generally given every two weeks. And there's a perseris formulation, which is given monthly. Uh, the consta one, I, I definitely saw in practice earlier on where, where that was one of the first long acting injectables to come out. I can't say I see them, either of them, very often uh, anymore. We've got a bunch of others, uh, other long-acting injectables uh, that we can utilize there. All right, side effect profile. So this is always important and always comes up in uh, board exams, pharmacology exams, um, depending upon how deeply you need to know the topic. But um, I'm going to go into a little bit of depth and compare risperidone to some of the other antipsychotics. So as kind of a big, broad overview, antipsychotics in general uh, can cause sedation, QTC prolongation, metabolic syndrome type effects. So that would be elevations in lipids and blood sugars and weight gain. Uh, extra pyramidal symptoms, of course. So those are those uh, movement, uh, abnormal movement type adverse effects. Uh, prolactin levels can be elevated as well with antipsychotics in general. And then uh, we do have some anticholinergic activity associated with antipsychotics as well. Now, where does risperidone kind of fall? Uh, let's let's talk about um, metabolic syndrome first. So that's kind of middle of the pack. QTC prolongation, sedation, those are kind of all middle of the pack as far as, you know, comparing it to olanzapine or ziprazidone or some of the other common second generation antipsychotics. Now, where I really pay attention to risperidone and why you might choose or not choose risperidone, so extrapyramidal symptoms. Risperidol tends to be a little bit higher than some of the other second generation. So those are those movement type adverse effects. So that's important to note. Of course, uh, EPS and a lot of these side effects are dose-dependent. So higher the dose, the more and more likely you, you are to see some of those movement adverse effects. Uh, the other really big one that differentiates risperidone is prolactin levels. So it is notorious for raising prolactin levels uh, significantly high. And generally what that can mean for our patients uh, is a higher incidence of uh, sexual uh, side effects. So that is definitely um, one I've seen show up on uh, pharmacology and board exams uh, throughout my career for sure. Uh, the anticholinergic activity, I wouldn't call it incredibly high, um, but of course it can you know mildly add to that anticholinergic burden. Uh, and then... Last but, but not least, I want to mention neuroleptic malignant syndrome. This is a rare side effect, usually upon initiation or significant dose increase, uh, where we can have uh, fever and significant um, 
muscle rigidity or stiffness. And usually those are, are in combination with each other. So that's important to remember. Uh, if you see an, a fever of an unknown cause, doesn't appear a patient has an infection, that type of thing, uh, be sure you go take a peek at that medication list. Uh, NMS or neuroleptic malignant syndrome is one of the things uh, that you should rule out. And a lot of times it'll be associated uh, with a bunch of other symptoms like that rigidity uh, that I mentioned. The other uh, one to think about is, is serotonin syndrome that has kind of fever associated with it, not associated with infection. Uh, serotonin syndrome typically not going to be caused by risperidone, but obviously from the medication side of things, that's a little bit of a, of a differential there. Uh, metabolism, it, it does have some metabolism via CYP2D6, so that's an important enzyme there. Uh, onset of action for, uh, I wanted to uh, speak specifically for the orally disintegrating tablet, uh, is about an hour. So again, giving that medication in acute aggression, agitation, that type of thing, uh, it is going to take a little bit of time for that medication to work. Uh, monitoring parameters, so metabolic syndrome, lipids, A1C, you might check periodically, certainly. And that's going to be a lot more important in a younger patient than somebody who's 80 and taking a very low dose for, uh, you know, aggression related to dementia. So, um, think about that as well. So younger patients, schizophrenia, we're using higher doses. They're going to be on it for uh, potentially a lifetime. And that metabolic syndrome risk is obviously much, much greater and, and more clinically significant than it is for, you know, an 82-year-old in moderate to end-stage dementia. Uh, EKG, QTC prolongation, we certainly might monitor that. Obviously looking out for those uh, movement symptoms, extrapyramidal symptoms. Uh, and then blood pressure you might uh, keep tabs on as well. There is a risk for orthostasis. Um, generally, uh, we're going to look at that if patients are, are more reporting symptoms or we've noticed uh, that they've had uh, historically low blood pressure. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCPS, or others, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. In addition to that, if you're a pharmacology student, go check out Flippin' Pharmacology flashcards on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes there as well. Great resource for anyone going through uh, pharmacology classes, pharmacy school, nursing school, med school, PA school, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, go check that out. A uh, great way to support the sponsor and get some uh, wonderful content there as well. All right, let's finish up with drug interactions. So I mentioned the CYP2D6, so I think we got to pay attention to that a little bit. So a drug like uh, paroxetine, bupropion, those are classic CYP2D6 inhibitors that may uh, raise concentrations and increase the effectiveness or increase the risk for adverse effects from risperidone. Uh, QTC prolongation, so this is definitely something that I always think about with antipsychotics. So we're typically just going to monitor EKG kind of as needed or as we deem uh, that a patient is at risk for this issue. 
uh, other medications that can add on to that, uh, amiodarone, quinolone antibiotics, obviously other antipsychotics, macrolides, um, antiarrhythmics in general. Lots of medications can uh, prolong the QTC interval, so that is important uh, to pay attention to uh, with risperidone adding on to some of those medications. Uh, Anticholinergic burden, you've got to think about some of the first generation uh, antihistamines, diphenhydramine, hydroxazine, for example, those can certainly have additive effects. The uh, metabolic syndrome risk, increasing blood sugar from risperidone is something I have kind of on the back burner I do think about a little bit. Uh, Certainly there are worse antipsychotics like olanzapine, for example, um, but certainly this can oppose the beneficial effects of any diabetes medications that that you're using, such as SGLT2 inhibitors, GLP-1s, sulfonylureas, metformin, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, CNS depressants, we can have some additive activity there. So opioids, benzos, uh, important to note that as well. And, of course, we've got to think about the mechanism of action and the role that a drug like cinnamon would play. So remember in Parkinson's disorder, we're trying to give extra dopamine. In schizophrenia, we're actually trying to block dopamine. So if you're using risperidone, in combination with cinnamon, uh, carbidopa, levodopa, those drugs are basically going to uh, oppose each other's effects to some extent. So uh, that's an important one to think about and recognize that we add on risperidone to somebody who has Parkinson's disorder. We could worsen uh, their movement symptoms from their Parkinson's and vice versa. By adding on cinnamon, somebody with schizophrenia, we could worsen uh, some of the psychosis and schizophrenia symptoms that that patient might have. All right, well, I think that wraps up the podcast for today. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Share us with friends, colleagues, classmates. That's greatly appreciated. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP on LinkedIn, or mededucation101 at gmail.com. And of course, please support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. And uh, Flippin' Pharmacology flashcards have recently been uh, released as well. So go check those out on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day.